0: Hi guys, uh, it's Rufaro back again with the podcast, and today I'm joined by Tinashe. Hi. And our resident car expert, aka the mechanic Ed. What's up,
1: mechanic in the house?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so today we're going to be talking a little bit about cars, um, specifically the Zimbabwean car, you know, so like across Africa, there are different manufacturers for cars, right? So for example, there's this company called Innocent Vehicle Manufacturing in Nigeria. They make SUVs, buses, and pickup trucks. And then there's Kantanka in Ghana. Similar thing, SUVs and pickup trucks like the Toyota style of cars and Isuzu. And then Mobius in Kenya. This one's really interesting because the car is like a Jeep, right? Uh, if you can visualize a Jeep. But then it's like stripped down. So... It's a very basic car. No fancy tech. The dashboard is like really simple. There's no radio from from what I was seeing. And they made it lightweight. It's essentially a functional car. Gets you from point A to point B. And it was specifically designed for the environment in Kenya, right? Um, So it's like that was an interesting car. Same with uh, another brand called Wallace Car in Tunisia. Similar thing is this car, when you look at it, you're like, okay, this is not the typical fancy you know cars that we're used to but it does its job really well and then recently um there's another car that's coming to south africa made by Zimbabwean, and the company is called mureza and mureza meaning a flag or banner because it's a Shona word right and they're making uh, what they call the mureza prime eight that's and it's a hatchback so it's quite like similar to your typical cars that are there now uh so it just got me wondering okay this is a car made by a Zimbabwean, but it's in south africa right um if someone was to make a Zimbabwean car in zimbabwe for zimbabwe what would they need to consider so that's like the first question hmm. i have a question though uh
2: <laughs> so maybe Ed, Ed, you'd you'd know. So we used to assemble. Of course, I mean, we used to. We have uh, a car assembly thing, right? Um, so not Zimbabwe made cars, but Zimbabwe assembled cars. Like, um, like uh, we used to assemble the Mazda. Why? Well, perhaps we still do. Not sure. But then there are these buses, Ed, the AVM buses. Yes. Uh were we just assembling, is there a VM outside of Zim? Because they they felt like they were a Zim product.
1: (laughs) So so with buses, it's a little bit different. Different in the sense that um, a lot of buses, it's just a chassis that's made by some other company, let's say Scania or Volvo. And then the frame... The body of the bus is now made by a coach builder, so AVM is a coach builder. But the 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 suspension and the drivetrain that was in that bus would be a DAF, D A F, or a of or a what was other? Yeah, I don't remember the other one, but yeah, that was that was the whole concept. So it is possible for a local manufacturer in a bus sense to buy just the chassis and then they have a local company developing the body that will match
2: that chassis. Oh, I see, I see. So yeah, back to Ruvaro's question. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, back to Ruvaro's
1: question, like what works for Zim? Um, Well, they're, they're the usual things that come into play. I mean, we don't have really fantastic roads so whichever car that's going to come in should have a pretty robust suspension and uh, a resilient one as well uh, also it has to be comfortable i mean uh, it's not fun getting shaken all over the place in in in, in Zim roads uh, i would say that's the first one the second one would be the issue of fuel consumption so you would want um, a fuel saver if you're in Zim, if you're targeting mass markets because fuel is expensive and it's a bit hard to find. So the longer the litre can get you, the the better the car would be. So for me, it's pretty much those two main points.
2: Yeah, but but that's 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 actually interesting because uh, uh, so Strive Masiva recently was talking about uh, them as in Econet. Um, uh, getting into, into this mobility thing uh, even deeper than they are right now. Uh, and you are saying they want to bring in into Zim uh, electric vehicles, 100% electric vehicles. Um, so yeah, when I was reading about these Mureza guys, I was like, but um, you know, why, why, why didn't these guys think electric first? So yeah they they do mention that they are working on an EV but um yeah the first car they're doing is not electric i was like uh yeah. but but why uh well, I guess electric is a bit more expensive but uh, isn't that maybe what you'd use to penetrate a market to say hey we're bringing something completely different what do you think
1: so my, my thoughts on that one: um, uh, Electric vehicles are getting popular, and even the cost of production is getting cheaper because other big guys have taken the leap and invested in like research for like cheaper components for for these cars. So definitely, the price of electric cars is going down. The main issue right now, which is uh, yeah, which is affecting a lot of guys that want to step into electric cars is infrastructure for them. So yeah, I can start making a factory for electric cars and produce these cars, but people won't really buy them because their question will be, if I am going for a long trip, where will I charge it? How will I charge it? Of course, you can have some innovations like maybe making the roof a solar panel, like one giant solar panel, so that at least when it's parked, it's charging. I mean, we have a lot of sun, lying around. Structure uh, make these manufacturers shy away from really jumping onto the EV bandwagon. But if Econet, uh, e- um, Econet had said that they want to, they're actually working on a network of uh, charging stations for the electric cars that they'll be bringing. So if that comes into fruition, that will actually be an incentive for other manufacturers that want to jump into that space get into it because the infrastructure is now there
0: so so yeah i do agree with that uh but then i'm wondering why does long distance traveling have to stop electric vehicles from coming for short distance travels so for example if i'm going from my house to an office and back i can charge from my house and then I can charge if I'm at the office, if I do need to charge. And like, if, in, in the case of this Mobius um, electric vehicle, they're launching in South Africa. And South Africa does not, I would like to believe, have the same electricity issues as Zimbabwe. Because in Zimbabwe, they're like, yeah, even short distance won't work because there's no electricity, like 90% of the day. So it's like, yeah, in Zimbabwe, electric vehicles might not work. Uh, but yeah, what do you think about that? Like, why should, Long distance travels stop electric vehicles from coming for short distance travels mm. so yeah I would,
2: I would say um so of course they 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 shouldn't, but I guess from um, the manufacturer's perspective uh they'll be thinking, uh, well, these are low income countries that we are talking about in um, Zimbabwe and then the sadc region um, so Multiple car ownership uh is not a big car ownership in itself is not <laughs> is not so common. Um, let alone someone having multiple cars. So maybe the assumption that they will have is that um uh, if someone is going to be buying the one car that they're going to own as a family, uh they will even if the uh, long-distance travels are fine in between, maybe the last time they traveled uh, more than 100 k out was two years ago, still perhaps in, when they're buying, they would not want to place any limitation in case
0: they need to make that trip. So is there a future-proofing case of, I want all the specs just so that if I ever need, uh, I won't be limited? Something like that. Well, I, I think that's
2: how maybe a manufacturer uh, would be thinking. Whether consumers think like that or not, uh, I don't know. You know, sometimes consumer behavior is not as rational as uh, uh, business people uh, would want to think. So so maybe it's not it doesn't even cross the consumer's mind. So long as it's an affordable car and they're being told you don't need to, you know, to 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 fuel up. They'll be like, what? Yeah, give me that, you know. I think that would be the reaction.
1: Yeah, pretty much, pretty much the the same reaction I would have in that scenario. I mean, um some people aren't used to it. they can be that aspect to it. Um, not used to a car that runs on batteries, yeah, like Motkarinesqua Petri, you know. So uh, it might be one of those things that just because people don 't fully understand it yet or they can 't perceive it, some might shy away from it, uh, probably mostly the older generation, which kind of is a problem in an economy that we have where the the people with the financial muscle to purchase those products are not really. Uh, educated about them or aware about them. So they won't really go for them. They'll go for something that they're used to rather than something that's completely new. And as the millennials that would hype up about an electric car can't afford it. So there's also that dynamic to it.
2: Mm. Mm. But I mean, talking of uh, the Zimbabwean car, uh is a a very small population. (laughs) Should we even be making a car? Um, Should there be something like that?
0: (laughs) Well, I think, yes, in the the fact that, well, manufacturing our own local car is obviously going to lead to jobs, and jobs are good for people because people get employed and you can earn a living. So from that side, it makes sense. But then from the side that you're looking at it, like, who will buy the cars, right, because there are very few people, one, and like what you're saying, very few can afford to buy a car, and very few can afford to buy multiple cars if you already have that car. So, yeah. So,
2: yeah, I I don't know. So, so you were talking about uh, the other cars in the other markets. Do you know uh, how well they're doing, like the Kenya one, for example?
0: Um, the Kenya one, I think they said they're now profitable, same as the Nigerian one. Um, the Nigerian one is really doing well because they have multiple like vehicles that they make. Uh, but yeah,
2: and predominantly selling in their own country.
0: Yes, uh, predominantly selling in their own country. Though they all have that bigger goal of wanting to be the biggest car manufacturer in Africa and selling to different countries and things like that.
2: Mm. Well, and in any case, Nigeria has uh, a huge population, population. Yeah. so so they definitely have an advantage. And maybe perhaps maybe Ethiopia could be one country that would do this. They also have a huge population. So yeah, if we can convince you know our neighbors in Zambia, Mozambique to buy zim made car, then. Yeah, perhaps it will make economic sense.
0: But that would be hard. Like in the case of Nigeria, how are you going to convince them to buy a Zim car when they are being convinced to buy the locally made car? You know, patronage and all that.
2: Uh, uh, well, yeah. Well, it will it, it have to be countries other than Nigeria. So like uh, Zambia, Mozambique, Uh so, so yeah, these the Southern African countries are a little bit more fragmented and uh, smaller populations. Uh, but, yeah, on aggregate, hmm, maybe uh, there's there's something there. But, I mean, the other thing that affects Zim, though, is, is at the policy level. So, you find it in South Africa, uh, those second-aid cars are not allowed, the, the ex-Jab cars. Yeah. So that's why they have a thriving automotive industry um, because those imports don't come in. But since Zim, yeah, you know, we are importing fifty-year-old cars, so you can't compete. You know, like uh, a brand new car can't compete on price with with that. And and I think Zimbabweans have lost the sense of a, of a new car eh? because when you say i'm buying a new car everybody assumes you're buying an ex-job eh? yeah yeah pretty much yeah but i think it used to be different in the 90s um yeah you know like new cars were new cars you know your your, your mazdas and uh even the days of the mazda b series you know your P1800 and, and, and stuff, those cars would be bought new. Even your 323s and 626s uh, uh, mm. and even Toyota brands and the Nissan Sunny cars, generally they were bought brand new. But I don't know when these ex-Jap cars became a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's
1: interesting. I, I actually... Don't know when the ex thing started, but back in the day, it, uh, there were like a lot of assembly plants in in Zim. I mean, uh, Land Rover Defenders, fun fact, were assembled in Zim. So it it was it it was just a market that it was just a, a concept that failed, I guess, uh, at policy level. That you know, someone decided to bring in ex cars. They were much, much cheaper than buying a brand new car. And they came at a time when the economy was not so great. So everyone just blocked. They were like, hey, at least I have a car. And it looks relatively good. So why not? Um, so, so, yeah. It, it's yeah interesting. I think there was it's a lot of corruption in the
2: big assembly plant, the Wheel of Motor Industries. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think. Like just saying that then means there is a market for because if there was so much assembly, I didn't know the defender was assembled here. Um So it means Zim already had that value chain uh, mm. figured out yes. the, for 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 vehicles. So yeah, so it's a matter of switching from so or from from just assembling to also awesome manufacturing something. Although it's not that simple, obviously, because, uh, you know, cars tend to, to, to we have really strong brands. Yeah. Um, yeah, for all I'm saying, to be honest, uh, it would take me so much to trust some brand that I don't know.
0: Even if it's a local one? Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> Especially if it's a local one. <laughs> Especially
1: if it's a local one. Yeah, Yeah, that that also comes into play. But I think there will be some market for it because I know know some people that just get something for its purpose and not for its brand. So I'm getting a, I'm I'm just looking for a car. I mean, take, for example, the guys that are doing their Shika Shika. I'm I'm pretty sure those guys aren't really looking for a specific brand because of the brand. They just want mm. a can that can take people from market square to fourth. You know, they, there might be a market for that.
2: Mm. Yeah. So, so it's really there's a lot to do with 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 uh, developing the the value chain. Uh, mm. So in South Africa, for example, um, besides that, uh, these uh, second-hand cars are. are, are uh, in effect, not, not, not allowed. There's also the case that it's not difficult to get financing for your car. So, hardly anyone mm. pays cash upfront for a car. Well, uh, mm. in South Africa and in other parts of the world. Um, so, in ZIM, that infrastructure is no longer there, you know, where you can access credit and you're paying monthly and, and, and stuff. Um, so, so yeah, it becomes really, really expensive. So I guess the way to make a locally made car to stick is to, uh, to think around that, to, to offer it at a good price, one, of course, and two, to make the terms flexible. So if I'm going to pay for it over two years uh, in monthly installments, you might just convince me. Mm. Because I, 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 yeah, I don't need to part with a, with a lump
0: sum. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So the consensus here is uh, car should exist.
2: But they gotta do it Right! <laughs> yeah well, yeah, Zim has to have some other supportive infrastructure in place. Uh, that's what I would say. So in terms of uh limiting uh, imports of um, so the, the, they they tried. so so like now, when you're buying a car that's uh, is it more than five years old or more than 10 years old, you pay a little bit more in tax? there is There's a punitive tax that they put up there um but to be honest it doesn't it doesn't compensate for uh the lower price um, so I guess regulatory wise something needs to be done, and then yeah a financing mechanism. So whoever will do it, they need to work with the bank or something to then be able to offer credits. Um, Otherwise, why would I buy it? If it's not really super affordable for me, Ah, I'll stick to my Toyota.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, I think uh, this is a good place to end it. Sure. All right. Uh it's been nice talking to meet you guys. Uh until the next time. I am Rufaro signing off.
2: Uh and it's, it's Nashi. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, this guy like voice bombed me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah.